1: If you'd like to make your NFL
0: games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even
1: Money Podcast with Russ Tucker and Steve Fezik
0: yeah vegas baby vegas it is the even money podcast and you have come to the right place if you're looking to make an online wager because betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert i'm ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman five teams seven years on all the social media platforms at ross tucker nfl he is steve fezik at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, and we are very excited about today's show. We do this once a year. Speaking of shows, by the way, have you guys checked out CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love it. Tons of highlights, analysis, instant game reactions, Without the fluff or the BS, and you listen to the show, so you like placing some bets. They've got all kinds of experts dishing out their top picks and advice to help me win, help you win. Check out CBS Sports HQ. If you haven't given it a try yet, you really need to. A bunch of guys on there, Will Brinson and Prisco and Costos and Danny Cannell and Brady Quinn, all kinds of awesome guys there. It's always on. It's always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. That is CBS Sports HQ. Alright, so I think, Steve, we did this a year ago. Might have been two years ago at this point, but Pennsylvania just came online with legalized gambling. I'm seeing Illinois, all of these states. So I think there's a lot of value both for our diehard every week listeners as well as, you know, the new listeners that, oh man, it's legal to gamble here in Pennsylvania or in Illinois or wherever now. I, I better learn about this and make sure I have a better understanding of what these terms mean, what I'm really up against, et cetera. So I think once a summer, we should do a little gambling one-on-one. I don't care how advanced you are and anything. I would love to go to an O-line one-on-one or a podcast one-on-one because no matter how good you are or advanced you think you are, it's always good to go back to the basic. So Let's do a little gambling one-on-one today, Steve, and I want to start with this. We're talking about sports betting. Can you put into perspective for everybody listening, the new guys and and the old-timers, just exactly how hard it really is to win betting on sports and what you need to achieve to win betting on sports?
1: Yes, well, you need to identify a point spread better than the guys who are paid to set them, namely the bookmakers, the odds makers. And not only does their number have to be wrong, it has to be wrong by at least um, a significant amount such that you can win at least at 52.4% of the time. So, how do I come up with that number? If you make 21 bets, and you win 11 and lose 10, Ross, because you're laying minus $1.10, you will break even. So that's where that 52.4% break-even amount is. You have to uh, go 11 and 10 just to break even. Now, it doesn't sound very difficult, but um, in stock market terms, it's a pretty efficient market, meaning most of the games, the valuation prices are correct. And you have to spot the few games where they are not.
0: So I'm going to stop here. I'm going to, as soon as you say something that somebody new might not know, then I'm going to pick up off of there. You said, so first of all, I think that's a very important thing, that you have to get more right than wrong just to break even. Because I think some newbies will think if you're you know 10 and 10 that you broke even. No, you actually lost money in that regard. And that's because you are, as you said, laying 110, which people will see a lot of times it'll say minus 110. And I want you to explain what that means, Steve.
1: Yeah, the, the bookmaker, if they just let you bet 100 to win 100, they'd never win because one person would, ideally, they'd get balanced action, but one person would bet team A, one person would bet team B. And one would win, one would lose, and they'd pay out a hundred, and they would collect a hundred, and they wouldn't make anything. And so that dastardly bookie, in order to make his living, has to charge you a fee. And the fee, the standard fee that he charges, is indeed minus one hundred ten, such that you have to risk a hundred ten to win a hundred.
0: Right. So if you risk a hundred and ten, and you're right, you win. Uh, you get your hundred and ten back and you get $100. If you lose, you lose all 110.
1: Correct, so such that if you get exactly 50% right, which most people do, right around there, you're gonna slowly lose to the tune of 4.54%. And what that comes from, you'd make two bets. Let's say you bet bet twice, and you bet 110 to win 100 during the course of a day, you'd have $220 in action But you only get back 210. You only win one of the bets, so 210 would go back in your pocket, and you'd be short $10 for every 220 you wager.
0: So then, like I'm looking at week one, and this is important because the line for the Bills and Jets game is 3.5. So the Bills are plus 3.5, the Jets are minus 3.5, but. It's not minus 110 both ways. It's minus 125 for the Bills and plus 105 for the Jets. So can you explain, Steve, why sometimes they'll change the line and sometimes they'll just change um, you know, the VIG?
1: Right, and the bookmakers have learned the hard lesson through the years about the NFL 3, the one number that lands more than any other number in the NFL is when the team is favored by three or close to it, they'll win by exactly three 10% of the time. So it presents a big challenge for a game like Buffalo Jets, where basically if you ask me, what's the line on that game, Fez? I would say, Ross, it's 3.25. And you're like, 3.25? 3.25? Isn't that the same as three and a half? And I'm like, no. When I say 3.25, what I'm really saying is that right now the bookmakers can't decide whether it should be three or three and a half, but they know that given the information presented, three is too low and three and a half is too high. So they know they're going to get nothing but action. If they made it three, people would bet right now on the Jets minus three laying ten. If they made it three and a half, no one would bet the Jets laying three and a half. They would get completely one-sided action on Buffalo plus three and a half. So what do they do? Well, if they set it at three and a half, they're going to charge you an extra premium to get that plus three and a half on Buffalo, and charge it at minus a dollar twenty or so to um, to balance out their action. Now, as it turns out, I do have an opinion on that game, and I can tell you that in Week One in the NFL, that divisional dogs. Are, have been excellent bets over the years. So although the bookmakers are saying the line should be 3-3.5, three to three and a half, I'm going to disagree with the bookmakers. I think Buffalo at 3.5 is indeed the right side. If you're going to bet this game, I would bet Buffalo right now plus the
0: 3.5. Okay, so that makes sense. That's how they get the line more in line with what they think the true spread is. That's how they kind of cover themselves from a math standpoint.
1: Exactly. And the most extreme example is, gosh, I'm, if we when we talk about season wins, for instance, how often, Ross, do we say, wow, that extra half game is so important. So imagine if you look at a team like the Cleveland Browns and their season win number right now is nine. But um, if if the bookmakers take a big bet, which they did on over nine, they're not going to move to nine and a half because there's such a good chance Cleveland's going to land exactly nine wins that they don't want to be taking action over nine and under nine and a half. So what do they finally do? Well, they say, well, I'll make it nine. But if you want to bet the over, it's going to charge you extra premium around minus a dollar twenty-five.
0: You know, I would imagine, Steve, that with, you know, gambling being legal in a lot of these states, and I, I would imagine – there's a decent amount of people trying it for the first time. I bet you people don't even look at that. You know, they just look at the spread for the game. They don't even look, um, you know, at, at the vig and what, what they're having to give up for it.
1: Yeah. And I know that locally here in Las Vegas, the South points hate stealing a different vigorous than minus a dollar 10, because, the betting novices don't understand it, and oftentimes they look at their ticket and they're like, "Why why am I laying minus a dollar20? I'm being cheated here. And I know that Jackie Gon, the owner of the South Point, has basically instructed his sports book that in the NFL and in football betting, they are not to deal any vigorous number other than minus a dollar10. And so it's a headache for the South Point on any game that is lined close to three but not exactly three like the buffalo jets game where they will not deal a points a vigorous attach to the point spread so they have to deal that game at either three or at three and a half and because of this it's not unusual if you're at the south point and i'm just looking them up right now they are dealing three and a half on buffalo um minus 110 or jets minus three and a half, mi- minus 110, that you'll see them on a Sunday flip-flop back and forth between three and three and a half. And every now and then when that game does land on three, that's a book. The South Point gets crushed because they get sided. When I say sided, half the, bets, the big bets they take push, and half the big bets they take win.
0: Got it. Well, that's the only thing I wanted to get into with you. So obviously a lot of these games there is a half point, right? So three and a half, four and a half, But the opening game right now is Packers and Bears. And uh, the Packers are, uh, or the Bears are laying four points. The game is in Chicago. So uh, at that point, let's say the Bears win by four points. So it is a push, Steve. Uh, Can you just explain? What happens to everybody, whether, whether you laid minus 115 like the Packers or you laid 105 on the Bears?
1: Yeah, so all the money gets refunded, and the bookie hates that when it lands right on the number for two reasons. One is, like you said, he's refunding all of the money uh, for the vast majority of the betters, so he doesn't make anything. And then on top of it, he oftentimes gets middled because on the, on the game Green Bay-Chicago, uh, that game actually has had some uh, movement where Green Bay at one point was catching four and a half at some of the books, and Chicago certainly uh, was minus three and a half at the books as well. So think about this. Anyone who's shopping is getting Green Bay plus four or plus four and a half. And anyone who's shopping, has multiple books, is looking around, has Chicago minus three and a half. So those betters, basically any sharp better is either going to win or push on that game, which is a nightmare for the bookies, Um, just pursuant to that game, another divisional dog. Um, It may be four right now, but I'll make a a prediction that by the time September rolls around, there will be no Green Bay plus four left. If you like Green Bay, I would bet that right now.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. That line's going to come down. Um, The other thing, too, Steve, is, you know, especially in football, the over-under, I think most people understand that concept you're talking about the total points in the game is there anything different to point out on you know college NFL football whatever in terms of the over under or the total points? anything that maybe I'm missing or anything different from a concept standpoint
1: you know I would just emphasize the importance of weather we've spoken about it on numerous occasions Ross, you have an advantage being a sideline reporter and being at so many of these games that when you do see that extreme weather, um, the all these guys using their quants and their analytics to predict how many, exactly how many points are going to be scored in the game, well, that's just going to crash and burn when there's a blizzard or there's a windstorm that is wreaking havoc with the offenses.
0: Yep, and then what about um... What about the money line, Steve? Because you hear about, you know, there's spread, there's total, and then there's money line, especially in the NFL. I don't feel like I hear people taking the money line that often, but I wanted you to explain that as well for for, for the newbies.
1: Yeah, so the money line is the method of betting that was much more common, you know, frankly, decades ago before the point spread became such a huge factor, and it's so simplistic, hey, who's going to win the game? Um, so you go ahead and you, if you bet the underdog, obviously you would never bet 100 to win 100 because they're going to win the game less than 50% of the time. So how does the bookie uh, adjust for that while he goes ahead? and gives you extra uh an extra payout if you bet the underdog. So if you look at the Green Bay Chicago game we mentioned, if you take the Packers instead of taking them plus 4, you can bet for them to win the game outright. Now that's going to happen less than half the time, but you're going to be rewarded by being paid plus a dollar 60. So every 100 you risk, you'd get 160 uh that on the Bears because they're going to win more than half the time, you're going to have to risk more money to win your $100. And in this case, you'd have to risk $180 to win 100
0: So I guess my question, my follow-up question to that, Steve, is how often, if ever, do you bet the money line? And why not if you don't do it very often?
1: I usually don't bet the money line because there's better deals, if you will, when you bet the point spread. So mathematically, The two are roughly equivalent that if you like a game, um, whether you bet plus three, for instance, or whether you take the money line plus the $1.35, you would wind up making or losing about the same in the long run, taking one or the other. But a lot of times, if you have enough outs, enough sports books that are offering you um, the opportunity to wager, you can find some that have reduced vigorous um, or a, a rogue point spread, if you will, where you get a better half point. On the spread, but it's harder to find a rogue money line. Pretty much all the books are dealing the same, and they're really not dealing reduced, vigorous um, on the money line. So, a, a bargain, as by example, I think a, a good example is just this Green Bay, Chicago. I'm looking at the screen, and everybody's dealing on Green Bay, either plus 160 or plus 165. It's basically the same number. However, if I bet Green Bay on the point spread, I can certainly get plus four. And there was even a time, just a short time ago, I could get plus four and a half. So by shopping, I find I can get a little bit of um, a cheaper price, typically, by betting the point spread than by betting the money line.
0: Got it. That makes sense. What about, Steve, when someone just looks, let's say they're a Steelers fan, and I'm just making this up, but the Steelers odds are 15-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I know from doing this with the show with you for years, you don't like bets like that, kind of what you call needle-in-the-haystack bets, but the, the math for that for the people, are the, those, aren't, those are not always minus 110. They'll move those up and down, the Vig on those too, right?
1: Yeah, so the reason I don't like needle-in-the-haystack bets is not that I'm anti-betting long shots, it's just that that bookie can basically hide extra fees, extra vigorish in those futures bets that you make. Um, so it, it's almost like a variable annuity. Never buy a variable annuity, by the way, um, where you just don't realize how much extra that you're paying just in fat, just directly to the bookmaker. And so what do I say by fat? If you went and bet on every single NFL team, to win the Super Bowl. And you varied your bets such that you would bet um, uh, enough to win $1,000 on each and every team. So if a team was 10 to 1, you'd bet 100. If a team was 5 to 1, you'd bet 200. So you knew you are going to get $1,000 back at, uh, after making all your bets. You would be locking in a loss at, at many books in Nevada of 50% of your money. So for every um, $100 you bet, you'd only get back 50. So think about that. So if you randomly bet on a point spread game, you're going to lose 4.54%. If you bet into the futures pool, you're going to lose more than 10 times as much in fees losing $50 for every 100 you wager. And because of that, there's a reason that the bookmakers love those futures pools because they are t- making such a huge profit margin off of those bets.
0: Got it. Okay, and then let's dive into a couple other terms that people may hear or might not know a lot of times people on on NFL games like to do parlays I know you kind of made your money on you know parlay cards when you were first getting going that was your hidden advantage that you had identified can you explain parlays for the new people
1: yeah so parlay is is an example where you bet a little to make a lot but unlike most situations Here's an example where, in rare instances, you can turn the tables and have the advantage against the book. And why is it? Because most of the parlays, at least the two- and three-team parlays, the payouts are calculated mathematically fairly based upon, let's say you liked a game in the morning and a game in the afternoon, Ross. And so you wanted to bet the first game, and if it wins, you want to cash your ticket, and you're going to put all your proceeds into the second game. So, obviously, that's going to require you to be at the book, watch the first game, after it ends, go ahead and collect the money, then go ahead and bet the second game. You see where I'm going, that's a lot of work. And you might want to be golfing that day, um, etc. You may not have time to do this, and you just want to lock in your bets now. So, a parlay allows you to do that. So, by example, in the NFL Week 1, if you wanted to play a two-team parlay, and let's say Uh, You like Buffalo plus three and a half in the morning games and in the afternoon games, you went ahead and, oh, let's take a look at a bet. I like myself. Why not? Um, Let's say you're going to go ahead and bet on Jacksonville um, against, oh, that's another morning game. Let's do an afternoon game. So we'll say that you like the Rams against Carolina minus three. So you'd go ahead and you could parlay Buffalo plus three and a half to the Rams minus the three and you could risk $100, and that's going to pay you out um, $260. That sounds great. and You're like, wow, um, I don't have to risk $100. Well, it turns out if you had just taken the 100 bet it on Buffalo, cashed the ticket, taken the proceeds, reinvested on the Rams, you would wind up with about the same amount of money, uh, whether you'd done it that way or whether you just bet the two-team parlay. So the two-team parlay, given you're going to wager that way, is much more convenient.
0: Got it. And then what about... You know, when you, and you do this a decent amount, I'd say at least once a week, when you will tease lines.
1: Yeah, so the teaser in the NFL, the odds makers, is trying to give you, it's essentially a parlay. It's a two team parlay that looks too good to be true. It's almost like, how can this teaser possibly lose? Because they're going to give you six extra points um, on the point spread. And example, week one, Philly is laying eight and a half against Washington. Well, what, how about you just bet Philly minus two and a half. How could they possibly not beat Washington by at least a field goal? And another, um, you have to have two legs to your teasers, So that's one leg. So your second leg would maybe be Seattle against the Bengals. You're going to tease Seattle down from eight and a half to two and a half. The same logic against Seattle essentially just has to win by three or more points. And if you get both those, you need to get both those bets right to, to win. Now, teasers initially were offered at minus $1.10 risk 11 to make 10 however as it turns out in the nfl there's what they call basic strategy advantage teasers and i just mentioned two of them such that um the teams have won such a disproportionate amount of the time the betters had the edge and again those dastardly bookies were looking at their overall results and they're like hey we're losing we're not winning on this subset that people are playing on teasers and so now they are charging you more vigorous to play them. So now, if you want to play a teaser like that, instead of laying minus a dollar ten, you have to lay it minus a dollar twenty. So you need to get both games right, Ross, and you got to risk 120 hundred twenty to win a hundred.
0: Yep. And I thought, oh yeah, we'll definitely do this one week. And it didn't work out for me last year. Um, what about Steve? Just sort of the uh, the best way for somebody to start. You know, somebody's just getting into it. They just want to try it. What would you recommend?
1: Simulation. What bets are you going to pretend to make, Ross? Um, Say you're about to make, you say, I want to start betting 100 a game. You know what? Don't bet anything. Just say, hey, I would have bet on these five teams and start just tracking how you do. And I understand that that's no fun at all. So go ahead and bet. But I would argue bet about a tenth if you're just starting out that you think you want to bet. So bet just enough. So you have some action on the game and recognize that even if you're the worst handicapper in the world, you're going to be fine. So imagine you bet on 10 games on NFL week one, and you're going to bet $100, I'm sorry, $10 on each game. So you have $100 in action. Well, the most you're going to lose is $100. And your expectation, actually, even if you're just throwing darts, is to lose 4.5% of everything you wager. Well, that's $4.50. So that's basically a Big Mac that you're going to lose randomly betting the NFL each and every week. That is never going to get anybody in any trouble at all. But as a person just starting out, I can tell you there is a learning curve with this. I've never met someone who was able to just, from the very first point that they started wagering, just be able to win at this without um, following um, a learning curve and getting better and better at it.
0: I love it, Steve. Uh, You know, depending on how popular this episode is and if we get more questions, all people need to do is take advantage of any of our sponsors like betonline.ag using the promo code podcast one, or you can even go to Ross Tucker dot com. Take advantage of any of the sponsors there. Send me an email Ross at Ross dot com with whatever questions you have. We could do a two oh one session where we just go through different email questions people have because I I love it. I mean, I know we did something similar last year, but I love every year to kind of just refresh on the terminology on the math behind it. And also, just especially for new folks, I think that they'll really appreciate it. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. I'm guessing some of you just Googled Gambling 101 podcast, and hopefully you found us that way. We are around every week, all year, and obviously we are really prevalent during the NFL season, betting every single game, or at least telling what we think about every game, but we're around year-round, and you have an unbelievable resource in Steve that you can ask any questions, take advantage of any of the sponsors, or go to betonline.ag, promo code podcast1. You get that 50% welcome bonus. After you do, send me the email, ross at RossTucker.com, and maybe your email will be one of the ones that we use a little later this summer if we do a Gambling 201. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.